Welcome to the Barn Shield Fanatics. I'm Connor Crockford, and as always, your co-host Mason McGuire and I have been second to tragedy, poetic politics, and Roth fucking knowledge was perhaps the greatest television series ever, The Shield. And tonight, for the very last time, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and others, we have a special guest. Uh, Grant Nebel is in the house tonight, ladies and possible kill screen. Thank you, Grant. Thank you. Oh my god, yes. I am so fucking honored to be here for this because yeah, this is family meeting is great and it's great and this is this though is this is the end. Family meeting is formally an anticlimax. This is and yeah. you know we were just talking about this yesterday. It's like this is where the shield ends. This is where the story that was launched yeah, in the pilot. Right. It, the action ends. literally kind of like runs into and a so, yeah, it's at just, the end of this when it gets immunity. That is it. That is the end of the story, yeah. right? It is awesome yeah. that you're watching this, and you're watching uh, one of the most mm -hmm. titanic um, moments in the show, which is Vic confessing to literally everything that he's done for the past however many episodes. And then it just kind of ends right before the big stick is about to happen. And I, yeah. to be honest, gents, I uh, jumped up out of my seat and pumped my fists in the air when it just slammed to black after he said, I've done worse, because I'm so excited. <laughs> but... We will get there next week, but 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 you're yes. you're whole, right, guys. This is kind of where everything does come to a head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even by shield standards, I was you know when I was rewatching this, it's just yeah. like I I, I I guess we're just going to launch right in and talking about this. Um, it, it's this episode moves yeah. mm -hmm. more than any other shield episode, and things have been just excel ever since Parasite. You know, things have been accelerating ever since, you know, Parasite is, you know, we all say all, the Parasite blew up the cop show. Things have just been getting going faster and faster and getting more and more des desperate. And this episode is just totally streamlined. It's like there, there's there's barely a subplot to it. The only thing that can qualify as a subplot yeah. is the Dutch and Billing story. And that's going to play actually play in in a very real way at the end. But Everything else, everything else is the moves and counter moves of Vic and Shane and Corinne and Mara and it's, and Ronnie and, and Ice and everyone, everyone trying to get it, everyone trying to get something. And it's just, and there's just, there's no branching. This is just a fucking, this is, this is a car that's lost its brakes. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. Mason, it's just going to hit that, it's going to slam it into the wall so with a cut to black at the end. <laughs> It is. It's yeah. It's called tragedy. People learn it. Okay. There's a reason it works, and it's as you said. It's like this is the most basic rule of drama. What is this person trying to get? And from the end, from the pilot, and specifically from the time Vic shot Terry, he's mm. been trying to get away with it, and he does. That's what happens here. You know, after seven seasons, after a seven-year journey, after three years of narrative mm -hmm. time. Vic gets the thing he wants, and then yeah. next week is going to be the price. But he does; he gets it. Yeah, I, I was thinking, and that's about why what it works. About how this entire episode is just just action in counter action. Um, and I'm really struck, but too by Tristan's idea that these episodes are kind of the end point of the 2000s action style, like the, the one mm -hmm. who kind of saw Paul Greengrass. Um kind of like popularized right in the Bourne movies um which is this idea of like this kind of a gritty like multi like single camera um restless like 
unable to sit still um, kind of photography. And it feels like the shield, especially these last two episodes, this episode really is the end point of that filmmaking style because it is simply um, action and absolute and and no reflection. There is almost no time to there's no time to reflect no. in this episode. Um, the direction is mm-hmm. by Billy Gerhart and like the fucker is just no. insane. Like he just keeps going this and going is, and yeah. going until literally just, it hits the wall. It, it is. I was looking it up. He uh, this is his first credited director. Uh, credited. Uh, uh, or, sorry, this is his first credit as a director as a uh, of any kind uh as far as i could tell but his like he is a shield um alum or sort of uh yeah. in a way he was a cam op he is for i think most of the show and i was it's the the way that the camera moves in this episode is is just incredibly yeah. it, it, it's just incredible i love what he does with the camera and this just like turning it into this like this like fuck almost like god or this kind of like all-seeing eye that's just always rotating around people um it's it's really awesome Mm-hmm. It's really the height, and I, I think it's because Gerhard, because as yeah, the camera yeah. operator, he's yeah. one of like the major artists of the Shield. You know, he did so much in these seven years to to develop, and yeah, to really to create this style. And what he gives is that mm-hmm. sense of the camera as being a yeah. consciousness that it's deciding where to look. And what you get in this episode is the feeling <laughs> yeah. that the camera can barely keep oh. up with the action. You know, I think. Where where the Greengrass style goes wrong, Greengrass's first film, I don't know if it was his first film, but where he yeah, really first yeah. created that style was in Bloody Sunday, which was um, just, you know, this, this very documentary style um, d- film about the, I, I, I guess, you know, the killing that erupted at a demonstration. And the reason it worked is that, um, the reason it worked so well there mm-hmm. is that the events matched what the camera was doing. The camera was so jittery and trying to follow so much because there was so much to follow. And Greengrass in that movie cuts between so many different groups. And I think where the Greengrass mm-hmm. style fucks yeah. up is when you try and do that and not enough is happening. But who boy is there stuff happening at every moment in this episode? It's it's kind of like Connor, you, you know, mm-hmm. mentioned one of our favorites. It's very much like The Dark Knight in that it's just, it's Same relentless. Year, it's not just linear, it's relentlessly linear. Where every single action, yeah, every, sing, every single action is triggering off another action by somebody else. And so forth. Yeah, until I, we I get think that's a really end. excellent point. Um, one thing I kept thinking about this episode is that Shane and Vic don't actually have any contact this episode of any kind. No. Any, anything that happens is either no. a reaction to. So, right, like, Shane's robbery is, the attack is a robbery. The the attack uh, immediately triggers um, Vic and Ronnie uh, moving up the Beltran raid, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Shane just mm-hmm. is just trying to evade the cops. Like, at this point, he is so fucking desperate that he can't, um, he, he can't even react to Vic or, or fuck with him anymore. He's not even at the point where he can uh, send in the letter. He's, he's mm-hmm. just in survival mode. Um, yeah. uh, and, and Shane notably is high pretty much this whole episode, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Oh, God. And yeah. It's such so masterful. Goggins just gives some of his absolute best work because you can yeah. see him in so many of yeah. these scenes fighting it. You can see it's like he's just about, he's on the edge of flipping out and he's 
desperately trying to hold it together for Mara. And Goggins does all of that just with his just with his face, just with his stance. I suspect <laughs> yeah. like Christian Bale, yeah, he so can control when he breaks that. into a sweat. You know, it's just yeah, it's, this is this is an amazing, incredible yeah. Goggins uh, episode, and really a, an incredible uh, Mara episode. Uh, Michelle Phillips, really, yeah, fucking. The two- Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. God, I got her name wrong. I'm sorry, Michelle. Michelle Hicks. I'm sorry, forgive me. Um, don't kill yeah. me. I yeah, still love you. Uh, everyone's yeah. wrong about you. We still love you. Show. Um, oh my god. Yeah, she really proves that this. Episode Everyone is too. wrong about um, Mara. Absolutely, the, the scene where she guns down the two people is just incredible. I mean, the whole cold open. We need to talk about the cold open because yeah. this might be my favorite uh, in the entire series. Not that I remember the next week, but I'm pretty sure where it's going. Um, and this one has like the perfect lead into just another day. Yeah, with Mara's wrenching, like agonized scream of pain. Mm-hmm. It's the quickest that we've gotten into a into the title sequence in this yeah, season slam. too, which is really nice. <laughs> I was yeah. watching it, half expecting it to go another five minutes. Not that that's a complaint or anything, but I was really no. it was like you can't be just like such a tight, punchy, cold open like that. Where God, even from the jump, when you just see Goggins out like checking into this like bar, this like kind of just den of sin, basically, you're just like this is absolutely not going to end up in the way that anybody wants mm-hmm. it to. And it's certainly like not to fault Shane Vendrell or anything, even though he's a man of many faults, but I don't think it's always a good sign when somebody recognizes your former, like undercover alias, like however many years down the line <laughs> and just starts casually referring to you. Like I know they're desperate and they need money, but it's kind of like, I don't think that these guys in particular would be actually that happy to see you no matter how much cash they have in their pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the same time, course, though, it's, yeah, comple- it's completely believable because it's Shane, you know, and because it's gotten, it's like the last thing they did was, you know, try and rob a real estate yeah. office and <laughs> that went just mm-hmm. swimmingly. So it's just like, it, it's just like, I just remember when I was watching this for every time I watch, you know, these episodes, yeah, I just see how it gets worse and worse and worse. And, and Mason, I see exactly what you're seeing. But it you're really also just is. like, like this, this really this is, is clearly the best that Shane and Mark they, they, can they come have up like, with. Just like the They've gotten so far from their initial plan that they're just like trying to, um, you know, rob these fucking low lives. Um, God, also just a great low life den too. Just sheets in place of blinds just one poster Mm -hmm. like kind of tacked up of like just a random guitarist or something (laughs) yep and it's just it's 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 a it's your classic shield set because you'll you know we've seen places like that la has places like that everywhere and the scene is just the scene is i one of the things i noticed and you, you see this so often in the shield is that it's it's not mm-hmm. just about how it's filmed. It's about how it's staged and blocked because there are a lot of moments. It's just a great scene yeah. where things are getting more and more out of control and not everybody notices that. That there's some great moments where it's blocked so that we can see right. that the two guys are looking at each that, other and communicating something. But Shane yeah, when they both start looking at each other and, and then when the f- something, um, and Shane is just not there yet. Even Mara is starting to be like, something is fucking up here. Um, yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. sequence. Um, Mm-hmm. And then it's like yeah. it reminds yeah, me it's, it's very thing. much like the fight with Tavon. 
um, back in season three. It's it's just it's just it's just chaos and violence and more violence and everyone is crashing into everything. Um, Gerhardt's direction, you know, he told Shane, he's, he told Shane, he told Goggins, yeah. he said, yeah. "This is a you have to play this like it's a fight for your life. You have to play this like you know if you don't do if if." is somebody's got to die and it's not going to be you. And then, you know, the first of the first of the hard slams of this mm-hmm. episode, God. Mara breaks in huh. and shoots Utterly someone dead in the back. like a senseless moment. And it's so <sighs> great because you can see that it's, it has nothing to do with this person. Mara's terrified. She's just so yeah. scared that she just shoots at anything coming in yeah. the room, uh, which gives Shane, unfortunately enough time to get out of there. But she also gets tackled by this guy breaking her shoulder, um, which absolutely wrecks her for the rest of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. She's basically just um, staying in a fetal position for the rest of the she episode. Looks um, so she looks so pallid in this. So bad. Just so bad. pallid and ghostly. Like Especially when he comes yeah. back with the, um, the second all that he uh, got from that guy. Uh, mm-hmm. from that drug dealer that he beat up. She just looks so pale and awful, and you just feel so bad. Yeah. Uh. You can... You can almost... I mean, you can track what the... Perform- you can track this episode by the by yeah. the way Gerhardt comes back to her face and what he'll do in the final minutes with her face. I mean, when I, you know... You know, Connor, you know this. When I wrote up the final two episodes, I had there was no question what I was going to use for the header image, and it was going to be that last oh, agonizing oh. close up of Mara in the blue light. It's just it's 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 fucking transcendent, is what it is. Because Michelle Hicks is just this shockingly beautiful woman, and she's this shockingly expressive woman, and it's just both of those were just dialed up to the maximum in that moment, and it's just. <sighs> It's it's the way the shield, and we we're at the mm-hmm. point now yeah. where it's this show is just is so directly heartbreaking. Wrenching. You know where where the choices, it, it, it's just yeah, and it's just and it can honestly, it can honestly go, it can honestly go for that things, and it's not no. over the top, it's not yeah. melodramatic, I'm, yeah, it's exactly I, I'm really, the truth. I'm really struck by the moment um, when Mara says, "I'm a murderer," um, and she has taken that in completely, and I mm-hmm. love that Shane. Um, isn't he's he's trying to reassure her, but it's like he doesn't want her to internalize that. He can't yeah. let her do that because he has done that, you know, for right. three years at this point, and he knows the agony that contains. Um, yeah, the 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 Goggins and and Phipps in that last scene are amazing because they it really feels almost religious, like the 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 faces, the intensity of it. Um. And it, it builds up to her telling him, you know, take me home. Um, oh, God. And it's, it's, it's just wrenching, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the other three the words. The other three right. words um, that really are the episode. Point. Yeah. Uh, so many three-word sentences uh, that really are <laughs> seem important. But, um, yeah, this, this episode is incredible. Um, and, and we also see, uh, should, we, should we talk a bit about Shane and Tina as well? Oh, God, of course. Some, some, yeah, uh, yeah, some incredible amazing, acting from Paula yes. Garces. I think one of the yeah, finest absolutely. hours here. Just her nod when Shane tells her, "I will shoot you," and she she understands yeah. is amazing. Yeah, like the professionalism too. How far she's come from season five, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. she was somebody who could let an idiot take a gun from her mm-hmm. um, in the jail cells. Yeah, and here 
you know, she is completely professional. She's calm. She's trying to deal with this guy who is sobbing his heart out. She gives him, yeah, she gives Shane, well, I can't speak for next episode too soon, but she gives him, like, the last out of, his last out, basically. She's the one that tells him, you still have time to come in and, like, kind Mm -hmm. of get out of this. And he, uh, you know, as he's done pretty consistently since started going on the run, turns away any chance for redemption or, 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 or save being saved or something like that. It's just so sad. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's great is like Goggins takes in what she's saying. And, um, uh, the other sad part, you know, we were talking about how heartbreaking the show has gotten in that line. I've always liked you. I always liked you, Shane. Yeah. Really got to me, um, that she seems to mean it so deeply. And mm-hmm. I love that Shane, uh, the other line too is my wife is not going to jail. Um, <sighs> so good. Where, uh, Oh my God! Yeah, and I think it also says another amazing one is is just you know when when Tina says you know you can still come in he just just you can see the thinking part of God, of Shane take over just yeah. like mm-hmm. no it's too late for that and there's something compared to the other lines that's that's flat yeah, about it's that so and that just that kills me because you can see how worked up he is you can see how terrified he is of all of this you can see his emotion but then there that there's that moment where his you know the rational brain is yeah. saying no that's not yeah, going to work I, I either think i don't have that option. about it is he's kind of right he knows this is not going to work anymore and it's it's just all come to this horrible head um mm-hmm. yeah and it, and you know we've talked about how far all the characters have gone, come tina in particular really this is where she shows how much she's become a cop um, yeah, and that—that's a really important mm-hmm. thing for her character. I felt like just just to signal that briefly um, is so great. Um, yeah, and this is also the episode you know where Danny comes back. Uh, oh, sorry, no, please. Yeah, I want to say I want to say one more thing about Tina that and Paula Garces. There's there's uh, I mean I mean one way you can you can you know I've broken down the shield as the three seasons of situation reversal and recognition mm. but you can also kind of see it there are two cycles of um, two cops being yeah. trained yeah. and it's one through four mm-hmm. is Julian yeah, and five point. through seven is uh, Tina and there's one there's a pure shield moment in that scene where you know Shane Shane backs her up against the wall with a gun and she just, and she takes a moment, to, she, some of her hair falls into her eyes and she just takes a moment just to shake her head and clear it out in this totally natural, spontaneous moment and, and, mm-hmm. and to, look, mm-hmm. to look Shane right back dead in the eyes. And it just, that kind of just, that kind of, kind of rough around the edgesness of the shield and the way that, you know, the actors adjust for it, the, the way that the actors are in the same space as the camera yeah. and know they're being observed and do moments like yeah. that and still convey the action. You know, the action there is, the, the action there is Tina mm. effectively telling Shane, I'm not backing down on this, okay? This is the situation, I've told it to you, and, you, and you're going to have to accept it. And you're right that she, she's developed that in the three seasons we've seen her as a yeah. character. And Paula Garces has so developed it as there. an actress. And it's thing, just, it's amazing to watch. She is... Uh, completely mm-hmm. accepting of this situation that she's already taking it in completely, um, much as Mara does. Um, and I think that's a big that is something else that is so shieldy and right people mm-hmm. accepting and evaluating the situations they're in completely for what they are, um, or complete delusion, which 
Um, we see Vic yes. do up until the last ten minutes of this episode, mm-hmm. and we've been seeing him do for seven fucking seasons. God, this guy. Oh my god, yeah. I think he's actually a lot more infuriating the second time around because you can just see all the bullshit more. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's the Mad Men thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I rewatch Mad Men, uh, the first time around, I think I saw it all from Don's view. Second time around, I see it mostly from other characters, so Don just infuriates me. Yeah, exactly. You're 100% <laughs> right. Don. I like that, yeah. Yeah, the more I that I watch the show, him. the more that I... <laughs> not to get on Mad Men too much, but the more that I rewatch no, Mad no. Men, the more that I'm just like, God, this guy fucking sucks, and everyone else on the show I just love with my whole heart, but this Don Draper guy, he's the real... <laughs> he's making me work for this this uh, this empathy, this affection here. <laughs> he probably smells like um, shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because madman has the opposite ending of that's right almost yeah every single way they are the sister shows right and this is a mm-hmm. thing where um the shield comes to the exact opposite end and we're going to talk about that more of course we'll, we'll just go into that and leave madman god love it behind for a little bit um yeah also one of note by the way mm-hmm. just a quick note just because it's 2008 the Lost Lonely Boys in, the recep- in this episode when Shane's partying. Did you guys notice that? I did not notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was the Lost Lonely Boys song I did when, not. They part when they were snorting coke. Um, <laughs> I just thought that's hilarious because that is exactly what my wow. dad was listening to in 2008. So I was like, "Yep, yep, I get it." Uh, anyway. Oh wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So Claudette and Dutch um, quickly figure out the whole deal of Shane and. Mara, um, and it's this makes Shane and Ronnie speed up the Beltran deal way the fuck up. And they basically give Beltran a whole excuse. Vic and Ronnie, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Vic and Ronnie. And this also causes uh, Vic's immunity deal to try to get bolstered, um, which is just this entire struggle for this whole episode, right? Is this tension of, are Vic and Ronnie going to get their ice deals? Mm-hmm. Um, are they going to get immunity? Um, are they going to get caught before they get their immunity? Um to unbeknownst to them, which is one of the best parts of these episodes, right? Is this tension of Corinne working with the cops. Mm-hmm. And I think what's great is that Vic is smart, but he isn't he is not smart enough to see what she's doing. Yeah. Which I think I think is so fascinating. That's exactly it. He's got a mm-hmm. he's got a bl- well we've you know we've always talked about this that Vic's yeah. weakness is women, and especially Corinne. And he's just, you know, he's, we, we saw it with Amolia, that he's just, he, he doesn't get the idea that women have any role in the world <laughs> beside being saved or being bitches in his mind. You know, it's like they can actually, you know, they can actually have their own agendas and work against them. And he, and in the same way, you know, because one of the things we see here is something that's kind of gone through the show for the whole yeah. duration is everybody's been underestimating Vic. You know, everyone, you know, people suspect. You know, they know Vic is a is a dirty cop, but they don't get the scale of it. And f- what's happening here is that Vic is doing the same thing with, you know, with Corinne, that he's worried about her, yeah. but doesn't get that she's actively working against him. You know, and that's that's going to be that's going to play into like, you know, that's going that plays into how it yeah, that's and what I, trips I everything think up. Yeah, I think we've talked about and and Grant, you've talked a little bit about the Skyler issue with Breaking Bad, right? That Skyler is not able to mm-hmm. fit as neatly into the story as Corinne does. Um, mm-hmm. And here, Corinne is crucial to the end yeah. that not only that um, mm-hmm. she, she fakes out Vic and, and makes him think that she's been arrested, 
has basically betrayed him completely. And, you know, to a certain extent, like, I love that moment, yeah. by the way, when Dutch grabs the phone and goes, Vic, Vic, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because it's just this moment of these two guys collide, of yep. these two forces colliding. It's just electric. Um, but what I think is great, too, is, like, yeah, it makes everything reset. Um, Vic sets up the immediate deal, but only for himself. Ronnie's fucking out. And he even says, like, Ronnie can wait a mm-hmm. week. Oh, <laughs> and God. that's the moment of, like, Ronnie's fucked. You're like, yep, that's it. That's yeah. It. Oh, my God. That's just. Yeah. <laughs> Next week. That's, that's when it. the that's show it. ends. <laughs> I want to jump back to the, to the earlier scene. <laughs> hey, wait a second. <laughs> hey. I want to jump back to the scene earlier because it's actually really crucial and an example of how good the writing is on this show. Because, again, most important thing in writing, once again, going back to my Aristotle here, is most important mm. thing in writing is the structure of the incidents. It's not the lines. It's not the dialogue. It's what people do. And we have the earlier scene where the immunity deal comes. You know, Vic and Ronnie go in. They've changed up the timetable. Vic and Ronnie... Ronnie go into ice. Mm-hmm. The immunity deal has come down, but only for Vic. Okay. And Vic is just like, no, we're right. not having any of that. I'm not giving you half a win. I don't want half a deal. Like, oh, it's it's so Vic. Um, and Ronnie says to Vic, it's yeah. like, I appreciate this, but you should take the deal. Okay. I, I was I was, you know, checking some of my sources here. Like Sebastian Younger and Norman McLean have both said this, but Younger said it really well in the per- in writing the perfect storm. He said, one way of Hmm. defining tragedy is it's a narrowing of options, you know, and that's what the the whole trajectory of the show has been that way that we've seen, especially since season five. We've seen chances for the strike team to take the off ramp, to avoid the worst possible thing. You know, Vic could have taken the offer of early retirement. Okay. They could have taken the deal that Aceveda brokered for them and all gotten away with like one year of jail time. Okay, it's like there have been all these changes. They they could have run like two episodes back, you know, and even now, Ronnie says there's still an option. It's like, obviously, it's not the best option. Okay, but it's the best option right now for Ronnie saying, Vic, you take the deal. And Ronnie and and we all know this. Ronnie has got the (laughs) go bag packed with fifty thousand dollars, fake ID, his journey CDs. He's going to grab it. So it's like, Vic, you go take the deal. You testify to the immediate deal. And I will be, you know, I'm going to be. I mean, Ronnie, this is Ronnie. Ronnie will be owning that Cinnabon in Omaha, okay, in six months' time. Ronnie takes buys off another now. Cinnabon. All right, he's got yeah. no problem with that. But again... A franchise. Exactly. Ronnie fucking starts... Ronnie starts a rival <laughs> Cinnamon Roll franchise, okay? And we're all... And, okay, I was about to say something. I, I was about to say something here that involved the phrase Ronnie's buns. But, you know... That's, that's really for the barn after dark. On the internet. Anyway. The barn um, after dark. Ronnie, what's Billings hiding under that suit? Find out. Ronnie would. (laughs) Ronnie will take. You know, Ronnie knows that there's still a chance here. There's still a chance to like avoid the worst possible option. But again, this is Vic's tragic flaw. It's not just that he won't admit he's evil. Mm. He will never admit that he's not completely in control at every moment. So he's like, we can still do this. You know, he's like, he's, he's, he's almost like, you know, it ha- he's almost like doing the halftime coach speech. It's just like, we're not, we're down, but we're not out. Yeah. This still has two quarters to go. We can still and, pull this yeah, off. What I, like, think is, nope, not what I think is great is that he had listened to and Ronnie. And that's it for Ronnie, you know. That's earlier, right? Um, he would have been able to see that Dutch and Claudette were after him. He'd have been able to avoid Corinne getting arrested. He'd have been able to avoid all of this 
and get the immunity deal, at least for himself, you know. And it's, instead, um, and, or, or go run, right? He could have run a Ronnie. And instead, he fucking does this deal for Karim, himself and Corinne, but it absolutely leaves Ronnie in the dust. And um, it's a moment of, um, another moment of, like, this all could have been avoided, right? Yeah. It's that another out. You know, Ronnie had that out. He really yeah. did. And he's trusted Vic so long. And he's and Vic has made Ronnie trust him, is the horror of it, right? And that's the one of the parts of the great parts of this tragedy. Yeah. Is that Ronnie is Ronnie's flaw here is that he listens to the wrong guy. And he listens to him for too long. Yeah. And he has reason to believe mm-hmm. him up to a point, but he doesn't see that Vic's self interest will go before anything else. Um and especially that of like his wife and children is the mother mm-hmm. of his children, right? This kind of golden yeah. ideal. Um, like, I love the immediately... Like, Vic mentions, like, she's mm-hmm. a good woman when she's arrested. But what he says is, she's two autistic kids. Like, I can't do this to her. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, great job, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how fucking good <laughs> yeah, for wow. aiding and abetting. What a great guy you are. You know, when you when you were a few episodes ago, you were like collaborating with her to gun down, you know, a yeah, pregnant woman. Yeah, that was so many what, what, crimes. Good job, how thoughtful man. of you, Vic. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. I also love, by the way, Vic's look after Corinne gets like fake arrested, quote unquote, um, where you can just see him going and going and going. Oh, yeah. Uh, another moment of him seeing his, of his thought process kind of on yeah. screen. It's great. Um, yeah. So Corinne uh, gets fake arrested in a fantastic scene. What I love is that Vic immediately sees their cops around. Um, it's just too hard with this guy. It's You see the mm-hmm. impossibility of catching the man. Like, you know, and, and you can see how it, it breaks Claudette um, in this episode. Yeah. It, it breaks her. She's been trying all season to get this guy. Really, for, for, seven, for six yeah. seasons now, she has either had suspicion of him or, like, come to this point of, like, I'm trying to get, I'm actively trying to get rid of you. Mm-hmm. And making it very clear to him, which is hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, what we see here is just Claudette um, failing. And I, I think the, this episode, the ending is particularly amazing because yeah. the Billings Dutch thing kind of comes back, right? But it's just to, to twist the knife in Dutch a bit and, and to just to be mad at him about something, anything, which I think is one of the great parts. Mm-hmm. She just wants to be angry. She yeah, exactly. Mad, you know, nothing. And, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just enjoying listening to you guys. No, I, I think that it's the, it's the fact that this, it. Let's say that this is the climax of the show, you know, and it ends for Claudette with this like pretty big L that she takes. It's pretty remarkable that she. Um, I I love the, the the conclusion with the Vic Mackey thing here for a number of reasons. One of it is because Claudette is just too late. Um, even though she does bear witness to a lot of mm-hmm. Vic's sort of, uh, you know, his his transgressions, you know, the shit that she kind of, I don't even think she had any under, real understanding of how deep his shit was. She just knew that it was there. Um, and she just cannot handle the fact that she put in all this effort and all this pain and all this energy and the guy gets to walk away, basically. And she's left, like, kind of with Ronnie, who's not, you know, a get, but it's not Vic Mackey, and Shane Vendrell is, it's not Vic. you know, presumably still out there. But it's like, she is so upset, and she just, you know, takes it all out on, on Dutch, because 
God, I I would be that upset, you know, you know, if this was like the the quest of my life. At least, if not yeah. my life, then at least like the last year and a half, two years of my life and show chronology time. And it just ends basically with him getting fucking away with it. You know, it's yeah. uh, CCH Pounder is just so so good. That is all I will leave that with. Oh, her face when she finds out the full immunity is devastating. Yeah. It's, um, oh my god. It's, it's absolutely devastating. Um. Oh. And there, her, and mm-hmm. and after after she blows up at Dutch, and how I've been great the friend I've been caught at in the scene, and they're both okay. so good. Yeah, and she, you know, he is such a good friend. He's just at that point now in his life they, where he can be this person for her that he 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 would take this personally maybe seven years ago, right? Yep. And here he's just like Claudia, this isn't you. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. It's 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 so sweet and heartbreaking, exactly. and it's perfect. Yeah, I love him. Oh, and just the look on look on CCH Pounder's face afterwards, you know, the final one where she's just just crushed. I was I was thinking, Mason, that it's um Yeah. It's an X Files yeah. ending. It's the wow. ending where you get there yeah. just in time to see it, but not in time to do anything about it. And it's this position because the thing and that worked for the X Files, but the thing is you don't really see SHIELD characters who are helpless. You see them lose. You see things that don't go right, but you yeah, rarely you don't see, see it, it where in this just, way. Where it's like you see you characters that are in helpless anything. situations, and, that's and you what, watch them claw their way out. But there's kind of like no way out of this feeling for Claudette. Like she lost. You know, it's it, yeah. it's one of the rare times on the show. Now that you bring it up, yeah. Ryan, I'm just trying to think back that like a major character, a main character, loses this bad. Um, God. Yeah. Uh, also, a great line is is when she says "you heard." It's so good. <laughs> it is exactly what she would say in that scene. And it's, it's oh, great, I love that one. Sanctimonious son of a bitch. <laughs> She's been saving that for a long time. Yeah, it's also Connor. I think, as you pointed out, it's like it's one of the moments where you know that "you heard" is is one of the moments where yeah. Claudette mm-hmm. she dials up the blackness in her voice. And she does, you know, there, there are moments, she has moments where she does that, where she does, she's, as you said, Connor, she mm-hmm. does, she, she yeah. says what an older black woman would say. It is really it's perfect. Just, it's um, perfect. I, I'm really struck too by, I've just been thinking about this, you know, that uh, Claudette, I, I think, you know, what we see here is that like, Claudette has a similar flaw to Vic. It's the hubris. It's the same basic flaw, yeah. right? But, but what we see is like Vic, mm-hmm. Claudette's self-righteousness comes from like, wanting to do good and in, in a fury that other people get away with wrong right mm-hmm. um wrong right oh god that's a terrible phrasing sorry mm-hmm. podcast fans <laughs> i know what, what you're saying we're Vic- butchering him english yeah yeah, yeah. Um, she has yeah, a, and, and, a genuine yeah. like yeah, yeah, uh, a, a, a genuine desire to right the evils of the world and literally as exactly. we, yeah exactly. will not rest until she is is successful, and uh, the other, the tragic part of it is her body is actively trying to kill her too. That's one of the things too that's great is that you know mm-hmm. the co- the physical and mental costs um, the strike team have really put on this woman to the extent that she can't clean yeah. the house. Yeah, and um, now all of that has been for yeah. nothing, and that's the whole great thing. Uh, by the way, just because this fought is going to leave me before. I say it, and I have to get it down. Uh, what's the name of the ice guy? Chaffee? Chaffee, yeah. Chaffets? Chaffee. Okay, his reading of Guess He's Chaffee, Our Master Chaffee, Now yes. is the exact same reading as Dave Foley and Always Sunny when the little boy <laughs> is in blackface 
And they say, well, you're probably going to get fired too, right? And he says, oh, I don't think I'll be here much longer. Uh, same exact reading as, guess he's our bastard now. Just total resignation to the horrors that have been unleashed. And I, I love... He's amazing Paul, it's Paul, I think I think the actor's name is Paul Butler, but I, I love the reading he he gives... Um, yeah. Paul, Paul Dillon. Is it Paul yeah, Dillon? that's correct. Whatever. Okay. The, 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 the act, thank you. The, the actor who shall be, who shall be, who we have now named, but I, I just love the, especially in contrast to what Laurie Holden does is like, he's our bastard now. And it's like, he's not horrified by this. It's just, I always read it as like, um, the assistant chief back in, um, mm-hmm. Of mice and lamb, you know, when Kavanaugh is going off, he's just you know, Kavanaugh is going off about how Vic fucked my ex-wife. He's 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 yep. not like it's not, not that he doesn't believe. It, he's just like oh, this is gonna, the, the paperwork yeah, on this like, is going to oh get. I can't. <laughs> yeah, like he's his, just like oh, yeah, this like is, the, I am gonna, I am gonna have. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to write such yeah, a memo. Yeah, this guy at the this. DOJ it's is gonna, gonna knock be, on the door. And be like, I'm gonna have to hey, use footnotes. Shit. Hey, Jaffe, how's that new asset coming along? And he just goes, I'm gonna need you to sit down, man. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna have a snort of bourbon for this one. Um, no, but I think it's great too because it's such a, a perfect pairing with Olivia's reaction. God, uh, very passionate and, and and truly just outraged mm-hmm. by this piece of shit. Whereas he's just like, oh, God. Damn yeah, because okay. with her, yeah. it's like, I trusted this fucking guy. Like, mm-hmm. JV yeah. doesn't n- care about Vic from Adam, you know, but Oli- like, yes. Vic got Olivia out of a spell, you know, out of out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, she put a lot of trust in this guy to get a job done, and then she is, re- like, face-to-face, not just with, like, this guy, like, kind of, you know, like, uh, a priest without the, the sheath or whatever, you know, just, like, mm-hmm. hearing this guy bear every awful thing that he's done, at least in the last two or three years or whatever it is, you know, um, being the receptacle for that, and then being like, wait a minute, this is the guy that I trusted to get me out of a jam with the cartel, yeah. um, who tr- had my life in his hands, like my livelihood in his mm-hmm. hands for a, a little bit of time. I trusted this motherfucker. I went out on a limb for this guy. And not only did he kill a cop, he's responsible for like planting money on some other innocent guy and then burning his body in a fucking furnace <laughs> among other things. Like Jesus Christ. He, he tortured and killed a guy. Yeah. Among other things, and oh yeah, we need to get into the confession scene. Uh, one thing, yeah, please. I want to actually before we because because yeah, it's like oh, yeah, before we, we head into that, I just want to hit a couple more things. Um, one is to to think about the journey of Claudette throughout the entire show because you know I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that is her flaw that she has a self righteousness no. that's not Vic's self righteousness, but it's not completely different. And what you see at the very beginning of the show, you you know, in the pilot, I always think her key line uh, in the pilot is, yeah. mm. I don't judge other cops. You know, it's it's that, it's like she begins in the pilot actually somewhat tolerant of Vic. But the thing is, as she rises, as, you know, as, as Claudette gets more powerful and takes more responsibility, yeah. Vic becomes her responsibility. And she starts seeing the problem there. And I think, you know, the bookend to that line is in, is in season six, Dismissing, um, whatever. There, there was some guy on the show in season six. I can't really <laughs> oh, remember like a him. Face. Uh, yes, like I'm some thinking, Sam I, I'm picturing somebody. Subway anyway, sandwiches for some reason. Um, is, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I hmm, I don't know. Anyway, he, I, I heard, I heard he, he made to, an awful uh, lot of know, money another, being uh, the star jurisdiction. of the CBS I mean, I mean, yeah, crime jurisdiction. show. Could that be right? I don't know. Uh, that doesn't seem... Anyway, but she has that line, you yeah. know, I don't want Vic too much mm-hmm. cost, but I need someone with a little Vic. And I, I love that. That's such a carefully chosen phrase there. It's like, it's yeah. not... It, it's the damage that Vic does. You know, it's the damage of... You know, and I think if you're looking for a comment on the cop drama, it's you, you, you see it in Claudette's journey, that what she learns is that the, the cop who gets results exactly. from Stupid Chief causes too much damage. And now in this scene, yeah. she really is finding out what that truly is, what that truly was, how much crime in Farmington was what Vic Mackey was doing. And the other thing I just want to briefly mention is one of the things that's so great about The Shield is that because it's so unified in its camera work and its approach to story, and then it's just, it's what people do. It just, you know, I've often said this, it jumbles its tones like nobody's business. And in this very intense, literally yes. very tragic episode, it has some screamingly funny moments. One of them is Dick walking yes, around with say, uh, yes. a child car seat, which just... I am imagining Dick buying God, just the visual just of that. Is, all of it. I, uh, I need a one yeah. car seat. Just, oh, God, just... Well, this, well, sir, this model has the just. I just give me a car seat. I well, don't this care model also fight. Just get me a car seat, okay? <laughs> just, will, will a child fit it? Then it's fine, okay. And the other one is when, because you know, one of the really effective things that has happened is Vic and Aceveda right. yes. have never worked so well together as in these episodes. You know, is that that line from mm-hmm. a few episodes back? I ask that we respect each other's end game. And they are. And, you know, it's like when, you know, the first time when Vic's immunity deal gets shot down, you know, Vic goes to Aceveda and says, they shot down my immunity deal. They don't get it. And I'm going to, it's like, I'm just going to give up on this because I'm not going to, if they're going to get a deal, I'm not giving them anything. And Aceveda comes in and just, and he, boy, it's, and it's, it's David Aceveda, cop, who's going to explain this. He's just like, you know, it's like, you got your education at Quantico. You know, I got it on the street and I just... <laughs> Die on that. Yeah. That Aceveda is just so, <laughs> suddenly like, yeah, I'm from the street, back, lady, and, and that's how we do things on the street. Like that. <laughs> Everybody sees you for exactly, exactly who you are, David Aceveda. You're not and, fooling anybody. David, <laughs> whose middle name is literally Ladder Climber, I think, Aceveda. Does. I does, do too. Does he's, he, like, he's so good. Yes. God, I love him so much. He's just so. No, sorry, keep going. He's just, just so. Com- is people who change with the one version? Mm. I mean, again, I always think Latino Ed Exley, and I even think, I even think he dials yeah, up his yeah. accent when mm. he a says great, Quantico. Yeah, just that's a, a great bit. Martinez so touch. You know, and I just, it David just cracks me up. Would, would like throw like a little Enge or like a rolled R or something. Um, great, like it's it's such a great performance tech. That yeah, it's, it's uh, love not just David Acevedo, but the man that brought him to life, Benito Martinez. Martinez. A man, an actor so good Absolutely that the show beautiful. created good organic reasons for him to keep coming back because they just really yeah. like working with him. Um, and he actually, that's what I yes. think is amazing is that Asavita's yeah. role in this episode is still crucial. That he convinces Olivia to to keep, get Vic the deal. Yeah. He's like, I'm pulling out too. Fuck it. I'll do this my way. Oh, um, God, I know. And that you could... The irony of it is brilliant. The dramatic fucking irony that this guy who has from the pilot tried to bring this guy down, 
is the one who gets him the immunity is genius. They're they're truly genius. Their twisted relationship and the way that their uh Vic and Aceveda's relationship like just kind of bends and twists and like gets corrupted and turns into this like oddly like broken beautiful thing by the end of the show is so good. Yeah. Well, the brilliance of it is is that it was it's right there in the pilot. Where, you know, Reed Diamonds, where mm-hmm. Terry, you know, Reed Diamond says to him, you want to become mayor one day, you better learn to lie a lot better than that. Because it's always been for Aceveda, it's always been the ambition. You know, his goal has not been, you know, and again, let's go back to, again, what makes drama? What do people want? And what Aceveda wants is to become mayor and then governor and then who knows? Because this guy's ambition is bottomless. It was right. never about getting Vic. It was getting Vic as a means to an end. And now... If t- if pairing yeah. up with Vic is the Respect means to an end, shit, game, he's up for God. that, no problem. Respect the end game. Absolutely, it's like, and the, okay, and so uh, yeah, yeah. Right, I just are we going to now talk about said end game? Jag have the same like inscrutable smile when people know who he is, like the same Aceveda smile mm. of like, oh, you know, I'm an ambitious fuck. Yeah, okay. Um... Probably, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, he's such a I creepy he does. Yeah. Little, little fuck, so I hate and him, just to be clear. But <laughs> um, every all millennials do, though. All millennials and Zoomers hate Pete I, Buttigieg. That really? I, I wasn't People sure about that. that fucker. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> but yes, we should talk about the end game because, man, the last 10 minutes of this episode are simply magnificent. Yeah. Ooh, baby. So good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's like one of the things that a lot of people um, have talked about is is the moment. Because, again, the shield is so active and we get this moment and it's about I think mm-hmm. I think I've timed it at 43 seconds. There's the moment where Vic has signed the papers and Olivia says to him, anytime you're ready. And I always say, you know, I say and I said to myself, like the first time I saw it, I thought about this and I tell people, you know, in that moment, take a moment. Mm-hmm. Take that moment yes. to, to read this to yourself. Anything approaching the change that came over his features I have never seen before and hope never to see again. Well, I wasn't touched. I was fascinated. It was as though a veil had been rent. I saw in that ivory face the expression of somber pride, of ruthless power, of craven terror, of an intense and hopeless despair. Did he live his life again in every detail of desire, temptation, and surrender during that supreme moment of complete knowledge? He cried in a whisper at some image, at some vision. He cried out twice, a cry that was no more than a breath. A horror. Yeah. A horror. That's over, there's over a hundred years separating those works. You know, one is set in, you know, the age of Victorian imperialism and in England and Africa. And the other one is sent, you know, set in LA at the dawn of the millennium at, you know, at what may mm-hmm. come to be seen as like the height of the LAPD's power. And it's the same thing. It's this moment of realization. It's the moment of recognition. It's the moment when these two characters yeah. truly admit their evil. And this is, this is the thing, this is the company the shield keeps, you know? And it's like, it has, there are things the shield tells us about policing in the 21st century, which are valuable things. There are things Conrad tells us about Western imperialism in the 19th century, which are valuable things. 
But the reason both of these works are going to endure and the reason they can talk to each other like this is because they're about the humanity. They're about the flaws. They're about the virtues. And they're about this moment of recognizing. You know, this moment where Vic yeah. finally, finally oh, sees himself. Yeah. So good. It, thank you for it reading that, Grant. incredible. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Brilliant reading. Beautiful. Oh, I just... I... It, thank you. I just, well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I realized at one point when I was like, you know, compiling things, it's like, it's my, that was, you know, that's my favorite novel. This is my favorite show. My favorite movie is Full Metal Jacket. My favorite song is Robert Johnson's Come On In My Kitchen. And mm. the theme of Admit Your Evil is yeah. all of them. All of them have that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Admit Your Evil is, is, is the key of this whole scene. Um, and that's a phrase, right, that we heard first in season one. Um, and that was from a Nation of Islam member, one of the guys who's basically on strike mm -hmm. to flush out the drug dealer Vic is bribing, uh, Vic is backing, and the the key moment is when, you know, Vic's like, do you want anything else? And the guy says, admit you're evil. He just grins. Yeah. The, the shark grin, the great shark grin. And mm -hmm. uh, for 80 episodes yep. or so, uh, we don't get an answer to that request. Until now, when Olivia gives him the papers, and we get uh, those really beautiful 43 seconds, which are perfectly described, Grant, by your reading, um, this man kind of coming into himself, isn't he? Like, this is a guy who's been in denial for the mm -hmm. entire show. He has... Yeah. And not only... Not yeah, not only that, Connor. It's like so many other people in yeah, so many yeah. other ways have said data. to him, "Admit you're evil," you know. And so many mm -hmm. others have done it. Gilroy exactly. said it to him. Yes. What did you do? Nothing. You haven't done. Okay, you know. Shane said it to him as we talked about back in Chasing Ghosts. Aceveda said it to him. This has been said to him over mm -hmm. and over again. He had the goddamn example of Ronnie. Okay, who admitted his evil sometime, you know, ten years before the show started. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't done it. You know, it's... <laughs> and now it's like... Now, like you said, Connor, and now I want to throw it back to you. It's like, yes. now yes. he um, is feeling it. You so, know? it's interesting because, you know... So, Vic gets the ice contract, right? And I love that they name his salary 62K a year. It's pretty nice. God, um, what I would not give. Bad, not a bad deal. Yeah, healthcare, fucking employee nice. contract guarantee. This sounds awesome. You get I'll to get away with murder. <laughs> Literal murder and robbery. So, yeah. Yeah, Zvik signs and confesses he fully becomes himself here. And I, I love that space where he is simply mm -hmm. considering everything. It is almost like everything. He finally does what Shane has always done and, and Vic never could understand. He internalizes everything he ever did in that moment. Um, and it's really perfect direction, right? Um, particularly how uh, the camera starts to focus mm -hmm. in on specific body parts of Vic, um, his eyes, his whole face. And then I think the crucial thing though, is the shot when he says he killed Terry is that it focuses it's, on his it's lips. It's right on his lips saying it. It's so, it is literally so on his lips. good. It's like the, the camera wants mm -hmm. him to fucking say it. It is like sweating it out of him. Um, yeah. and Olivia is yeah. just fucking horrified. Understandably. Like you killed a police officer. Like and he's going heartbreaking. Out. I mean, her, yeah, you know, her, it was only my face. And she's like, "Wait, wait, wait, back up, back up! You killed a police officer." It's like, 
It's it's a when similar it version up, of when Ronnie said uh, when Fun? Ronnie told um, Claudette that Shane killed Lem, and she's just like, "Fuck, go on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Fun fact about that moment. Fun fact about that little moment is that when they gave when when Sean Ryan gave Chickless the, the script, he identified that line and said, "Don't read this aloud. When you're practicing this, when you're rehearsing this, don't read this out loud." And That's when so they shot cool. it, they used the first take. Mm. So that is the first time that Vic and Michael Chickless are saying the words, "I shot and killed Detective <sighs> Terry Crowley." That's so good. And that's that's the that's why this show is drama. That again, what drama tries to do is you're trying to put everyone, you're trying to put us in the audience, the creators, the actors, and the characters as much as you can. You're trying to put us all in the same moment. There, you're trying to put us all. You're trying to put us in that room. And again, this is just one of the things I love about yeah, the scene. Is just more, how bare the yeah, set is. It couldn't be more Spartan, and that's more. That's a very like, shield um, thing to do. Unassuming. Any, yeah. Any. Any time. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just thinking down, about like, like the shield is a show of great like locations for standoffs. Um, yeah. thinking about you know Shane and Vic by the trains at the in the middle of season mm-hmm. four, or even like at the end of season three when they call when the strike team goes their separate ways for the first time. Where's at the end of season two? I'm not quite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah the first time that Shane and uh, Shane season and Vic three, have a falling out. Um, yeah. huge, like, kind of, you could see the entirety of Los Angeles or something. Here, it's just the, the, one of the last great show, the final showdown, basically, of this show, just in some anonymous, like, downtown federal office building in a soundproof room with, like, gray walls, yep. um, and, a, and, like, just could not be more perfunctory. Uh, it fucking is so cool. And somehow it makes that scene more epic, right? That, like, yeah. it is simply... A, a woman and a man in a room. Yes. And this man is simply saying everything he has ever done. Um, and yeah, I want to talk to you about some of Chickles' performance here. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's just amazing, especially how. Yeah, sorry. It, I I just want to, I just want to add. It's like visually, visually, and yeah. both dramatically, it gives nobody anywhere to go. There's nothing to do except there's nothing to do anymore except. For Vic to say the words and for us to hear them. There's nothing else. And there's nothing else that has anybody's attention. Olivia kind of wants to get out of it, right? She's like, we need yeah. to go. Yeah. And she, and he says, I am yes. not letting you out of this. That he almost needs her, needs to punish her now. It, yes. it is a full confession. He needs to do this. That's what I think is striking yes. is that um, when Vic starts, it's almost like he needs to, do, to keep going. Um, and one of the things I actually wrote down is that I don't think he's thinking anymore. Um, he is just processing and saying yeah. unconsciously everything that happened to him as best as he could describe yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we've. And what's. Yeah. That's what makes the whole scene so terrifying is that. And then that's a big scene moments like uh, when he points to where he shot Terry. Oh, God. Yeah, and he just follows his, his I, eyes, follow his finger. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Terror fucking chilling. And I love it because like, he didn't expect to do it. You can see it. It's unconscious. And that's the whole thing with this scene is that it feels Mm -hmm. just expulsed, expelled from him. It is a complete uh, transmission of everything he's ever done. It is, it is out there. Um, There's something kind of occult about it, frankly, like this man Mm -hmm. recounting all of his deeds 
It's like it's this moment of transformation. It's um and it it's it's he's not what makes I think the performance work so well is this is the only time in the series maybe that one moment in season two in yeah. Um, yeah. where he where he considered confessing. Okay, maybe that, but this is the only moment where he's not trying to play mm. an angle. This is the yeah. only moment where this is not Vic scheming anymore. This is like he just has to do it. And I think, wow, Mason, I hadn't thought about that, but I think, I'm sorry, Connor, I hadn't thought yeah. about that. But you're right. It's otherworldly because this is simply not a Vic we've seen before. We've never it, a demonic, seen him do there, anything a, like a this. There's a demonic or demonic quality to the performance that, like, yeah, he is he is becoming exactly. something else. And, and the full evil of his deeds um, is imbued in him. Um mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia's reactions too, though, are all incredible. Right, uh, Grant. I think you quoted uh, Lori Holden oh. as saying that she felt she was in the presence of evil. I don't know where you could find that interview, but I think it's interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was that was in that's on the commentary track to the episode, and yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's her directly or someone quoting her, but she said it's specifically yeah. the moment at the end when he stands up, and just that. That low angle that, iconic that. shot of Vic, and it's just like Eke, Eke Mackie. You know, this is him. It's like we have now. And the way I describe it is, you know, when he sat down, when he walked into that room, he's thinking he's he's, he's the Vic Mackie we've seen this whole time. We've well, seen the guy who just like ah, you know, I cut some with corners, too. You know, he, he, so, right. she brings it. It's when they're first floating yeah. the idea of the deal. And she's like, you need to come clean or, or whatever she says. And then he kind of like, ba- like he it's it's blocked so well where like he turns away from her and starts saying that like, oh, my guys, you know, we had to cut a couple of corners, all this, that. And then he comes towards her. And this one is just like at the end of the episode where he's just so still, you know, that's the thing that's so terrifying to me is he's just once he like, mm-hmm. like Connor and I and uh, guests of the show have, have always pointed out like. He has been a guy that's been trying to get away from doing this for the entire run of the show, and mm-hmm. he just does it. And I like that Connor Connor brings up the point that like nothing. It's not just that he doesn't want to get out of the deal, um, or doesn't want to create space for the de- immunity deal to be like kind of voided or something. It's also just like he's now on a roll, you know, and he just has to get this stuff out. Um, and you know, to your point, Grant, at the end, there's just like he's just mm-hmm. kind of. You know, it's, it's like, all right, we're done here. I got a, a, you know, a cartel to bring down or something. He just like we're stands done. up. That's the thing. He's over. Yeah. He's just like, all right. So uh, lunch on me then, I guess, you know, we're going to go take yeah. down this guy. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I mean, if you compare it to, if you compare it to, you know, two points to compare it to is like, remember at the beginning of the season where Ronnie, you know, had that wonderful line. It's like, you know, exactly. I thought pulling the trigger would be the hard part, but. Mm-hmm. And we all have our speculation about what he was going to say next. And it's like, I always think the implication was like, there actually is no hard part. And Vic is kind, Vic is now discovering, wow, this whole, <laughs> this is easy. It's like once, once he says it to someone, and that's why confession is all, you know, the ritual of confession, it has yeah. to no. be out loud and it has to be to someone. You know, you don't get to do it by writing shit down. You don't get to do it in your head. You have to, someone has to bear witness because what you are really doing is, the idea is you are, you are, transferring the sins to someone else. You are mm-hmm. you are lifting it off yourself and putting it on someone else. And at the end of it, Vic is like, whoa, holy shit, this whole like acknowledging all the stuff I've done and by the way, burning Ronnie, that's uh, 
Well, that's Actually, the thing, so right? Good about this shit. Th- this entire yeah, show not, has I don't like this. so much around confession, right? Um, in both the professional and unprofessional worlds, mm-hmm. in the criminal and, and police worlds, um, whether that's the strike team confessing things to each other, right, um, or it's I mean, like like you know Shane confessing to Tamara, right, or um, the for example uh, earlier this season mm-hmm. is Lester confessing his burglaries, and you can see how Lester's relieved to say it. He look looks mm-hmm. so tired and. Um, with striking here yeah. is another cop actually having to do it. And, you know, really, and, and it's Vic of all people doing it. And he enjoys it. You're right. That, like, he, once he's done, he's kind of just, okay, yeah. I did it. I could just keep going, I guess. Okay, interesting. <laughs> By the way, this has one of the best, you know, yeah. this has one yeah. of the best commercial breaks the Shield has ever wielded because, you know, you know, Lori Holden just goes like, is there anything else? And, you know, the classic, <laughs> classic Vic, just like, how much memory has that thing got? And when you cut back from the commercial, he's yeah, he's like, only into you know, season obviously three. this has been going on for some <laughs> yeah, time. He's he's season getting three. Into it. When he starts laughing about, like, killing yeah. Morgos or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that wonderful line, it just, the way he stares off, you know, right, right up there, Connor, with with the the gesture of getting of shooting Terry below the eye, is the little look yeah. he gives off. Yeah. He says, he, he's, "I was too good," and it's just I. It, and it's like like he's you know he's realized it's like that. It's like no, that's another line no, he feels not. unconscious because he's not bragging. He's just like no, I happen. To, it's like I. He is saying I have. It's like wow, I do have a particular. Yeah, that's the sense thing, right? He's huh. he, there's no hubris in the line. He is yeah, it's, it's, both marveling and like he's almost sad, like. Like, oh, I was, I was too good. I was just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. Weird life, man. You know, summer days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's such mm-hmm. a, a masterful moment. Um, yeah, I also want to point out him laughing about killing Margos at one point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, openly, like, ah, you know, we killed that guy. Uh, oh. It's just so brutal. weird. <laughs> and uh, we talked, we, we want to talk about this, too, just the full scope of the strike team's deeds coming out here, right? Like, how much shit they have done. The mm-hmm. insanity of their lives is, is fully grasped with. And, like, somehow the show makes it all seem yeah. completely realistic. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, it's I, I, think, I think the rule is, you know, and again, we've talked about this. It's like, within yeah. the universe yes. the show sets up, it's realistic. You know, it's like, it, it's, and I, and we, you know, that is, I think, for, for any kind of storytelling you know, that's crucial. It's like, we need to know the rules by which this universe operates. I mean, you know, another drama that I think mm. is a total oh, fucking yeah. masterpiece and love is Point Break, the original, um, which, because that is also a work that within the rules of that universe, it plays by them. And it's the same thing here. It's just like, you know, it's, the S.H.I.E.L.D. has always done its plots with the minimal amount of incidents. It doesn't let things get too Baroque. So, what Vic is talking about, we've seen it, and it's just like, we believe it because we've seen all of it, and now in, in, yeah. now Vic Excellent truly point. believes it because he says yeah. it. I mean, just... The, another, a, another point of comparison, you know, it's like the only other thing besides Heart of Darkness I can compare this to um, is the scene in Unforgiven. Oh. Late in the movie, where um, and spoiler for Unforgiven. What are you so, doing listening you know, to this podcast? First of all, you haven't seen Unforgiven. Cool. Okay, thank you. Thanks. 
pause, go see it, come back. You've seen it now, great. Now I can spoil it. But Clint Eastwood on the hill yeah. when he hears of Will, of sorry, of Morgan Freeman's death. Oh. And the moment where he takes the bottle and that woman starts reading out his legend. They say you were that Will Money who killed all those women on that train and he just drinks and it's it's the same thing yeah. because he's hearing it. He becomes it. You know, it's like this is the person he's you know, we, it's kind of it's there's some similarities in the story because they're both about men yeah. trying to pretend there's someone they're not. And the only real difference is like who is speaking the deeds, but he hears these things and he truly accepts it. Yeah, this is who I am. This is who I'll always be. And this is who I'm going to be right now. And then he just, and then that, you know, once that's over, then Will Money goes into actions and kills a bunch of motherfucking people. And yeah, it's the, it's, you know, that, like I said, that's the only other thing I think. I'll see you in I've hell, Money. Seen or heard that yeah. compares to this moment. Just, just, yeah, that's it. Done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he knows it. And, and to bring it back to this episode, all of this is intercut with the other confession. Mara's yeah, Mara's confession, confession here. Mm. That Mara is doing the same thing. I ki- like, like I said earlier, it's like Murderer. she says, I killed her, Shane. I killed a woman. <laughs> and wow, it's like Vic took seven fucking years on this. Mara, or I guess three years in narrative time. You yeah, know? Yeah. Mara took no, it, less than a day. It's an amazing it's, moment. And it's, it's a moment of like, yeah, this is why Shane married her. That she is able to feel as deeply as he mm-hmm. does. Um and and can you know take that in in a yes. way that Vic um, naturally can't. Um, and I, I I agree with you. I love that that moment and the the religiousness of it is is just really striking. That like you know she mm-hmm. has simply taken all of that in. Um, yeah, I I was just thinking too about the indignity of the killing. That the way the woman's body just God, like shoots her in the back too. Like that's what. Yeah, that's the worst part. Yeah, Yeah. so haunting, just cowardly and sad and awful. Um, I've. I also think you know we were talking earlier about Mara, what she goes through. It's just like because I've known people with broken collarbones, and that is that's like one of the worst pain. That's one of the worst injuries you can get. Yeah. In terms of the pain, because it's just, yeah, bre- it's like, and I know, they, and everyone who's, I've known has broken their collarbone oh, has said, God, yeah, breathing becomes just it, incredibly it looks painful. agonizing. I mean, the when Shane says, like, you can't move much or they'll pierce mm-hmm. your heart is terrifying. Um, like, how, how much this, how high the stakes have gotten for these mm-hmm. people is really driven um, this episode, really driven home. Um, so, you know. Uh, you have that, the cutaway there is great, too, because you also are like, oh, Shane is fucked now. He doesn't even know it. I think that's the other thing there. You're being reminded visually of Shane mm-hmm. and what his stake is in this, in that he, he can't get let Vic get fucking immunity. And he's so screwed. He's just utterly screwed. And that is that is where the climax hits that wall, right? That, like, Shane is fucking screwed. Claudette is fucking screwed. Vic has immunity. Ronnie is fucking screwed. Yeah, Corinne has been fake arrested, and uh, bam, and that's the end. That's and the hey, end of the action right guys, now. Danny's back too. We forgot to mention it. Yep. But Danny's, Danny's back. back. Yeah, Did? I know. I felt bad. I felt bad. I was gonna mention it was nice. Oh to see yeah, her. wow. He has such a good moment of Corinne there in the jail. Yeah. Um, just that moment of solidarity that like Vic is melted away for the. Mm, yes. Like it doesn't matter anymore. He just doesn't care. It matter. Um. That's just, and I love that. You know, we were, I remember when we talked about Of Mice and Lem, you know, you were saying how there's something 
touchingly ordinary about what Vic is trying to do there, which is just save a friend. And I love, I was thinking that the same with the moment, yeah. same thing with the moment with Corinne and Danny, that Corinne is just saying, right. yeah. would you make sure my kids are taken care of? And Danny's just like, yeah, of course, no problem. And it's just, yeah, just this way that the shield always, always plays with very human motivation. You know, it plays with, with things we can understand. I just recently, I, I just recently, I recently saw um, a film that was had a lot of mm. great stuff about it, but ran into trouble with you know human motivations. <laughs> oh. Perhaps you've heard of it. I like this director though, but it was just like you know the way you were get it got so far away from recognizably human actions. Just you know, it set up a distance and just like little moments like that in the shield where people yeah. again, it's action, so it has to involve want. You know, it's like we just well, want here, someone to take care of. Here is where action. I will push back against your read on the film, like, yeah, Tenet. I think that the problem. human want at the center of that film is man's inherent desire to watch cars flip upside down backwards, and then bullets <laughs> to come out of the out of a wall and backwards who, too. I think that that is the that. Right, evil human well, thing oh, that Christopher Nolan is is putting on display for us. I can't argue with that's that. Pretty also cool. watching Look, John David looking like fucking at, like a fucking 12 out of 10 in a, always in a nice that. suit. Just a, just a goodness gracious. This is not going to become the John David Washington podcast yeah. yet. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yet. Yeah, you never know. But, but, you never but, know. Yeah. Let's see what the kid does, you know? Uh, so, but anyway, yeah. In that movie, like when someone says like the time warp will collapse everything she's like including my son yeah yeah or something and she says it really flatly <laughs> yeah, apparently yeah yeah that's amazing what the fuck <laughs> why almost um oh yeah there, there is a there, <laughs> you know to to kind of tie it into this tenet is what happens when you you pay more attention to your incredibly yeah. cool reversed action sequences which are incredibly cool by the way, not going to deny that, but you pay more attention to that, to basic questions of plot and motivation, because there's a moment in it involving Elizabeth Debicki where you will be yelling. If you haven't seen it, there's a moment where every viewer of it yells, <laughs> you had one job. She's really her. not set up for success in that movie. What are you doing? Her character's not set up for success. She, Elizabeth Debicki, God love her, one of my favorite <laughs> no, actors, truly. Love to see her, but her character, she's, she's doing a lot to make that character seem... She is, she's trying, she tried her damnedest. It's like, well, you tried, it's you tried, like, Chris. Like, what are in you the doing? Next, in the next she's... movie, I'm sure that you will have a, a uh, female protagonist that nobody will have any problems with. Uh, he's working on Oh, it. no. He's working on it. Nobody will be dead in this next movie. Oh, sure. That was, uh, I love Ted. I love Ted. eventually. Uh, <laughs> but back to the shield. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, Fair enough. I, I gotta again, watch I, it I um, find it flawed, yeah, but I love so, um, I think we should wrap up pretty soon. I wanted to just... We do need to mention just the extraordinary uh, two two line punch of the last scene. The, the <sighs> two lines, mm-hmm. the last two lines, and the punch of them. Right, mm-hmm. um, especially. Wow. I, I'm just going to recite it. Do you have any idea what you've done to me? And he goes, "I've done worse." Executive producer Boom, Sean Ryan. <laughs> yeah, mm. cut to black. It is the greatest, I, I'm going to say very simply, it's just like, there is no better line uttered by a tragic hero. <sighs> there is nothing, that, there's no line that just sums up so perfectly, it's like, what was his flaw? You know, he would not admit his yeah. evil, admit his evil, and now he has. And there's just no line 
that sums it up so quickly or so effectively. And I've taken it, you know, as, as you know, it's like, it's become a mantra for me. You know, it's just, it's a reminder. It's a remind. it's like, it's one of the moral lessons I've taken from the shield. It's like, you have to keep perspective on your own evil. It's why, and Connor, you've seen me say this. It's why I simply am not interested in these in the hand wringing over, oh my God, what about these celebrities? Should we cancel them or not? I'm like, what is it like? I just, my reaction is always, what is it like to be so morally poor that your choices of yeah. entertainment are yeah. of great weight to you? I How simply do you think about I that don't shit? understand. I've got bills because I have I done worse. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> truly, I'm sorry. Truly, I'm probably yeah. not going to watch Buffy I have, for a while. I'm but scheduled fuck, to. Man, I've got shit to do. I can't freak write about this extensively. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that. But, you know, but it's so, it it, it, it ties off the theme of the show, uh, the theme of Vic's character. It ties off his tragic flaw perfectly. And it's also, yep. it's recognition. Yeah, exactly. It's it's what recognition is. It's it's the, it's like, this is who I am. You know, and he, and it's like, I yeah. can't be, and Lori Holden is so amazing in that moment. Just the bleakness of her face and the hopelessness in it. And he's just, and Vic is just reminding her, it's just like, you know, lady, this is the, if he, this is not the worst yeah, thing I could have I done could, worse I could to do you. or I have could, done. That's the implication too, right? Don't it's bother. a warning that like, you have just barely gotten by, mm-hmm. you know, you could be in jail. You could have a grenade blown up in your fucking stomach. You could be one of the people whose feet got cut off in the money train aftermath. Mm-hmm. You could be. You could have been dragged by the fucking cartel. Exactly. You could have been dragged Anything by the cartel rather than finding but, the box. You know, he just got emotionally wrecked, and that's all you can take from Vic Mackey, and that's what you can take. Um, and you're lucky you can take that, is the implication that is truly terrifying to me. Um, yeah. yeah, just an incredible ending. And yeah, I would say one of my favorite scenes from any television show by far. Like, top 10. I mean,. I, I just watch Freaks and Geeks, which I'm trying to figure out is my, is in my rankings. Like it's so good that I I've got to wrestle with that fucker. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, we should probably wrap this up. But um, any other thoughts? Uh, not quite. I oh, just just to touch very briefly. Uh, Francis yeah. Fisher. Speaking of Clint Eastwood, yeah, pops up for a brief oh. second. Dutch is getting oh, some. Oh right. Uh, some cold calls from Rita, and she's hanging up. But when she's pressed about it, she has no idea what he's talking about. So, uh, something to hold on to for next week. Um, uh, what else do you guys got? I just want to talk a little about Billings, too. Just, like, the Billings Uh, plot a little bit. Yeah. Um, just that, like, basically, I, I do love that, like, there's blowback from the previous plot. That, like, Billings basically framed a sex offender, and... Um, Dutch tells Claudette, and I, I love the moment too where Claudette's like, you need to get this sorted. It's I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. Like, I want this man out of jail because it's wrong, but yeah. also <laughs> I've got so much shit going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that also speaks to where Claudette is now in the show, which is great. But yes, keep going, Grant. And I love I love also that Billings yeah. is mm-hmm. basically saying to Dutch, admit you're evil. You know, it's like, I've covered, I've covered shit for you. Don't act like, it's like, because Billings is trying to get Dutch to write this letter that we'll talk about, you know, or, or actually to sign off on a letter saying how, you know, Steve yeah. Billings' exemplary skills as a detective <laughs> so and funny. the use of the word <laughs> the is so, so exaggerated. I love that. <laughs> really 
trying to think what Steve, I mean, Steve Billings is an example of things, but not detective work. Um, and, you know, Billings is trying to get yeah. Dutch to recognize, don't pretend you're above this. You know, don't act like, like you haven't done corrupt, you know, you haven't been corrupted. And he's, you know, on previous episodes, he would call out, you know, what Dutch is doing with the Francis Fisher character. And it was just reminding Dutch, you know, it's, it's another version. It's, it's, I call it, you know, it's being played with different players and in a different key, but mm-hmm. it's the yeah. same theme of admit your evil. I and we're going to see where agree. that goes. I really time. like that idea that, like, you know, it's interesting because Billings is wrong, right? Like, to some degree. But the moral ambiguity here is that Dutch is, is just as much in the wrong here for denying the guy basic empl- steady employment. Um, and that's why I think it's great. Like, Billings' retort to him, like, mm-hmm. think of my kids, is actually, like, uh, it's it's a moment of, like, yeah, he's he's absolutely right. That's my immediate thought. I'm like, yeah, I would sign the thing. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's great. Yeah. It's, well, it's the theme of, you know, it's, it's Mm -hmm. the way the shield operates. It's the way drama operates. It's not, and you know, it's again, something that is really, really, I feel it's become part of how I see the world. It's like, it's not about right or wrong. It's about what are you going to do? You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Yeah, what do you want, Dutch? It's like, do you want, it's like, because you'll be burning my kids as well. You know, and it's like, and whether that's true or not, that's a thing that needs to be considered. You know, it's like, so it's not simply about how you, it's not about, as we see very clearly in this episode, it's not about how you regard yourself. Yeah. It's about what you're willing to yeah. do. Oh, God. I want to just, the one brief thing I want to add is like, in terms of Billy Gerhardt, by the way, also from the commentary, um, Sean Ryan gave Billy Gerhardt a single note in directing this episode. <laughs> Don't fuck it he up. He stood up to the challenge. He it's knocked like, it out. Hey, here you go. First, yeah, well here done. you go. First well, time director. Well, Here's the most. Imp- he was a professional. He knocked it out of the park. Oh, he not fucked it up like you wouldn't believe. And one of the there's just a wonderful little detail I, I caught on this viewing of how he keeps the momentum going. After Shane uh, beats up that guy in the alley to get the drugs. Gearhart does a perfect match cut of, of Shane walking out of the alley to uh, Acevedo walking yeah. in into the ICE office. And it's just it's just a way. It's, it's, it's a very P.T. Anderson and Magnolia moment, I thought. You know, the way of, like, linking two scenes without breaking Yeah, a lot of really good smash cuts and editing here, actually, in general. Um, yeah, kudos to Gerhardt. A very much a Shieldian move to get this opportunity and completely nail it. Yeah. Really, like... So professional. It's awesome. Like, kudos, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Great stuff. Damn. So that huh. is that everything that we got for this this monster of a penultimate I episode here? I think so, yeah. Jeez. Oh, my God. That's 45 minutes. Yeah, like 45, 45 minutes. 45 minutes of screen time. 45 minutes. 40, yeah. They let, it's like the next episode, which is all Fallout, they let run long. Um, but this one is the is State is. of Shield episode. God. Well, and, yeah. Grant, it's amazing. thank you for being on this episode with us. And thank you for being with us since the beginning of this show. It's yeah, been such a... I know. I can't... How many times have you been on this show? At least once or twice a season. And it's just... Jesus, man. Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a fucking honor to do this with you. And I, I was thinking about this. That um, I started writing about The Shield in 2013. And I was, I, uh, about a little over a year and a half total writing it. And 
I was not the same person <laughs> yeah. when I finished it as when I started. I know what you mean. And Alan Bloom, I have I have even less use for Alan Bloom than for Harold Bloom, but he did say something that, is, that stuck with me. He said that one important thing to do in education is to focus on a single book, focus on a single work. And I think he was talking about, uh, oh, he was sure. specifically referring to the way that the Bible used to be used as a cornerstone of education. But, you know, he pointed out, and I fully agree with it, I mean, it could be any work. Of, of sufficient depth and complexity and power. It's like for me, it's like I would say Federalist Papers, man. But to do this, to do what you're doing, to do what the two of you have done, to like to go through this show in the way you're doing with this level of commitment, you know, it's it changes you. It 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 leads you to places you weren't there before. I've learned a lot listening to you guys, and I've just been so grateful that you've brought me on and you know let me come back into this journey because this show, it's not going to go away. You know, that's uh, that's really the last thing I want to say about this. It's like, you know, other sh- there are a lot of great shows of our time. Yeah. But The mm-hmm. Shield is one of the shows that's going to last past our time. That it's going to go into that, you know, when all of these things, you know, when issues about policing and drugs and gender, you know, have, have morphed. You know, they won't go away. They'll become something different. The Shield's still going to be around. And, you know, hopefully this is going to be one of the things that people use as a guide to it. So it's just, it's been... Wow, it's been an honor, which is again not a word I use lightly, uh, to be part of the way on this. You know, to be man, to join for was, just that was, some that of the was journey. So kind, man. I, I, I can't. yeah, thank you. Grant. <laughs> I, I don't. Literally, thank you. Yeah, thank no, you it's so much. What a privilege Grant. having you on here. Yeah, I, I think you know, speaking just for myself, I've used your works as a way to kind of guide me through the show because I'm basically coming to this oh, yeah. new, you know, or at least like a dec, almost a decade. I think when we started. The show, it had been like basically a decade since I watched the show, probably closer to eight or seven or eight years, but still, still, still functionally a decade. Um, and man, like just, just your level of, of just, just your eye to detail and character and, and, and just story and how it all just kind of, you really make the case that The Shield is not just a, a great television series, but a great work of art and a great form of expression and, and the peak of, the peak of sort of a, uh, a peak, I should say, of, of, american culture in in some certain way um it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show to um share those thoughts with us and to share your expertise and to share your your opinions and i you know it's it's a bummer you know the show must end as all things do but i'm sure that we will hear from you uh keep hearing from you in the future with some stuff that connor and i have cooking up but for at least uh, at least for what you had on the like for your contribution to the barn don't I, I don't think the show would be nearly what it is without without you coming on when you did and and I just want to say thank you again. <laughs> no, thank you both, and again, anything anything you guys do yeah. in the future, oh, no um, questions yeah, asked. You'll absolutely, be on, you'd like to know where to find me, and just awesome. just, just thrilled to do, absolutely thrilled to do it. You know this this whole remote conversation thing. I think we're we're all getting the hang of it. Oh man! Well, uh, Grant, if the people don't know, uh, if they want to read your words that aren't so kind, not to say that you're not a good writer, but if you're more serious, fair things that are, um, you know, critical works, things like that, where can folks find you? I am still headquartered at the Solute. I write under the name uh, Wallflower. If you just go, just go there. Um, it's like you can find. Yeah, just go there. You can basically, look look for the shield. You can find my author page. You can find my link there in the author page. Um, yeah, it's like, and 
Yeah, I still write occasionally for the awesome. site. I'm still happy yeah. to be there. Still well, thanks for listening to the show, communities. everybody. You can find Grant at the-solute.net. You can find this show on Dot com, my mistake, the-solute.com. Uh, you can find dot this show on uh, Twitter at BarnPod, on Facebook at The Barn, a podcast about the shield. You can also shoot us an email, podcastthebarn at gmail.com. Our theme song is Stance Gives You Balance by Hogan Grip. Our logo was designed by my sister, Kellen, and you can find her art on Instagram at underscore couchmouse. You can find me on Instagram at hotdogdebicki, speaking of Elizabeth Debicki, uh, on Letterboxd under my name or at my other podcast. It's on the list with Noah and Mason. Um, other than that, I uh, just kind of out and about. The weather's nice in Chicago. If you're local to Chicago, you might see me walking around. Um, but that's the thing about it does it for me. So, uh, Connor, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me on my website, cmproctor.com, uh, where you can find a bunch of my own writing work. Uh, I have also written recently for Mercury Music Magazine. Uh, Looper News is another place I started writing for. Hell yeah. That goes out under my byline, CM Proctor. So anywhere you want to find my work, uh, you can find that or my Twitter handle, CM underscore Proctor. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Grant, thank you one last time for being with us this whole time. And man, folks. Thank you so much, Grant. Yeah. Pleasure and a privilege. We will see you all next time for the grand finale family meeting family meeting cheers everybody stay healthy and stay committed